Today marks an anniversary. And unlike anniversaries where you want to celebrate, this one is meant to be in honor of. And as I share with you today, I want you to know that the stuff I'm going to be talking about comes straight from my heart. I'm going to be sharing a little bit more about the history of how I became a decorator when I had no idea that this was even an inkling in my mind. But the things from early on in my adolescence that kind of led me on that path and the inspiring people along the way who helped ignite that passion of creativity and recognizing beauty from anywhere around me. The story is mostly about my mom, and today is in honor of her, as today marks the fourth anniversary of her passing. Some of the experiences I share may come off as negative, and what I want you to hear as the listener is that it is part of my experience and most definitely my reality, and absolutely my story. And all of those intertwined together with the positive things I'm going to share is really what makes me me. And I can attribute so many wonderful things to my mom, who gifted me this passion for creativity and a longing for handcrafted things and even long afternoons spent in the garden which is where this story begins. When I was growing up, I shared my very small home with my five siblings and my parents. The three boys shared a room, the three girls shared a room, and it was tight and cozy. Once the four older ones moved on and went to college or went on to trade school or went into the army, it left just my sister and I. And we packed up our home and we moved across the state to another area where lots of people actually didn't know that we were a family of six kids. But when we moved into this new home, it meant that my sister and I were able to have our own room, which was quite a luxury. And there were times when I loved it and times when I hated it. But the best time was when I was sent to timeout and she was sent to timeout for doing something naughty. And I would sit in my closet because that was the wall that connected to hers. And I would just tap and chat and tap, tap, tap to get her attention. And we would chat and listen to each other giggle through the walls. (laughs) I don't know if my mom ever knew that we did that. In fact, I'm sure she did because we were not quiet children. (laughs) So she must have just giggled on the outside of the door knowing that timeout was fine, but it really didn't keep us apart. But in both of these homes, both of these small homes, there The space was compounded by the idea of both of my parents being Depression-era babies. And if you know a Depression-era baby, you know that they probably have saved that teeny tiny little last drop of salad dressing, or that one last morsel of salad, or that one last scrap that that could come in handy someday, or that one little thing that they just know is going to be useful five years down the road, and they're going to need it then. And as you can imagine, all of that put a damper on the space within our home. But you might be wondering how the story starts in the garden. So there I've set the stage for the inside. But on any given Saturday, any afternoon, any time when I wasn't quite sure where mom was, I would head out to the garden. And outside she was creating beautiful gardenscapes. And she was known for her rose gardens. The clematis would climb trellises and the roses would hang out at the base. 
she would have all kinds of colors and textures. And when I asked her about it one time, she said nothing really, she didn't really plan it out other than she got it if it sparked joy. And she spent hours out there, so many hours that her skin would bronze just so, so many hours that she may miss the phone call if I called to get picked up from work, so many hours that she didn't necessarily spend time inside cleaning or getting rid of the excess or making the space inviting for others. So as a result, I spent a lot of time in my room. I didn't want to invite friends over. I was embarrassed. I was ashamed of what it looked like and the things I had to move out of the way in order to have someone sit down or eat dinner with us. And there were only a select few who earned the honor, and I'm air quoting, the honor of coming into my home. There were only a select few. Some of my other siblings, they didn't care as much as I did, but I cared. And the, the way the home environment looked felt like it was a reflection of me, even though I ultimately knew that I wasn't the one responsible. But worse than that was that I knew that it would be a reflection of my mom. And I didn't want others to see her in a bad light. So I didn't invite others over. I got embarrassed when I heard, I'm going to pop by and I'm going to bring you, bring you something. The pop by idea was terrifying. The pop by idea was my worst nightmare. And so as I share with you sometimes when I say, one of the things we want to be mindful of is if our home serves us or if we serve our home is if we feel embarrassed when someone stops by unannounced. That does come from history, and I know that my history is not yours, and I know that my story is not yours, but it does come from experience. It doesn't come from a place of me sitting in my pretty, clean, tidy house and telling you how you need to live. It comes from a place of experience. So I stayed in my room a lot as I went from early adolescence to teenage dumb. Of course, that's just kind of part of the nature. But inside of my room, it was my own little microclimate. It was my own mini habitat. And I enjoyed fussing in there, rearranging and rearranging things on shelves, bringing in the bright, bold colors and experimenting with the way that I would make my bed. I even had interesting furniture in my room. Instead of a bookshelf, I had a repurposed kitchen hutch that was gorgeous and stunning and held all of my little tchotchkes and maybe some of my books. My room became a retreat where I could take ownership over what it looked like. And I probably had some piles here and there, but I didn't necessarily need the reminder that I needed to clean. I probably left a few things out that I shouldn't have, but I didn't necessarily need to have anything shoved under the bed if someone knocked on my bedroom door unannounced. It was ready. It was ready to invite anyone in who wanted to come in and chat. So when I think about that, now that I'm an adult and I'm creating space and helping others create space that really lights them up and serves them and is clutter-free, I'm drawing from experience in some ways, but I'm also reflecting on this idea that 
This was born in me long before I painted those very first stripes on my basement walls when my baby was napping, where we first thought the decorating journey began. This was born in me well before that, part as a reaction from the space that was created by my mom, but now also in part of what my mom nurtured in me as a creator, as a thrifter, as someone who longed for handmade, homemade, quality things. This is what she was good at. She was an amazing seamstress. So amazing that not only did she create on-trend clothing so that we could fit in at school, but she created homecoming dresses, prom dresses, and even wedding dresses. She taught me how to sew, and she was part of my business when I started Huck and Joe. Have I told you that story? That was the baby boutique that was born first before home decorating. It was when I was in the middle of baby this and baby that, and my world was screaming baby, pun intended. (laughs) And I created, I wanted a creative outlet. And so what did I do? I decided to take a leap and I decided to, during nap times, sew and sew. And gosh, I was a terrible seamstress at the beginning. But phone call after phone call, chatting with my mom, a thousand miles away, patiently answering my questions. What is a basting stitch? Do I need bias tape? How do I read a pattern? (laughs) Silly little things that helped grow my confidence. And even after I became proficient, never surpassing her in skill, but proficient enough to do it on my own, I still kept calling. She would repeat the same answer that she'd repeated three months before, six months before that, with the same patience she had before. And then it became a running joke. I would call, she would answer, and she would say, Danny, you need this much yardage for whatever project. (laughs) She could anticipate it, and it just became a a funny joke between us. Her skill behind the sewing machine was rivaled only by her skill decorating cakes. I have never seen fancier cakes, and the ones that you see that are put together in bakeries pale in comparison to the things that my mom put together. This is another one of those things where I would call and she would tutor. I would call and she would tutor. I would call and she would tutor. And I would get so frustrated at why my cake would not hold the frosting when it was, when I was trying to frost it warm. (laughs) Okay, don't do that. Don't do that. Put it in the freezer and frost it when it's frozen. But the creativity that came out of her was just amazing. And every cake except one was a masterpiece. And that one, you may be wondering, yep, it was my wedding cake. (laughs) Oh, a lack of direction given by me to my mom, combined with lots of Eastern Washington sweltering heat, made for a very interesting display. But it was delicious, and my mom made it. And so that was perfect. She was so good at taking the most simple, basic concept and transforming it into just an outstanding work of art, like art projects or language arts book reports or mobiles that needed to be created, always brought to life by brainstorming 
with my mom. Well, what if you try this? What if you jerry-rig that? What if you, oh, I know, I have just the thing. Remember, she kept all the things. <laughs> she always had just the thing. And the creations we came up with for science projects, class projects, it was, it was remarkable. And something that I can definitely say, I know where that came from as I tootle with the boys and help them with their similar projects and, and say, just a second, I have just the thing. And I'm pretty sure my mom played a significant role in me winning the grand prize in my sixth grade art competition because she was the one who drew the rump of the horse. <laughs> I couldn't quite get the curvature. I couldn't quite get the lines exactly the way I needed them to be. And so working together in tandem, me drawing, her erasing, doing a little different curve, me erasing, her drawing, <laughs> back and forth, we created a masterpiece. Now, before your imagination goes all haywire, you need to remember that this was a sixth grade masterpiece. So when people ask me how I became so creative or where this passion for trying new things, trying experiments, or fixing things on my own, when they ask me where that came from, it most definitely is because it was modeled for me. It was modeled in a way that showed joy and talent, and it was modeled in a way that was patience and light. It was refreshing and it was enjoyable. And I, I think back and I recreate the steps of how this unschooled designer became a designer. I can't forget the home steps. I can't forget what it looked like all those years ago when I started creating behind a closed door. I started taking ownership over my own space and having the freedom to really create a cozy environment that was just right for me. And if you think that I created some of those cozy things on my own, you would be wrong. Yes, sitting side by side, sometimes just watching, sometimes trying it on my own, I created too. And my stitches were a little bit ziggy zag. They weren't as straight, but I did it with the help of my mom. So in honor of her today, and in light of today being a quick tip Tuesday, I have a couple quick tips for you. This is actually a video tutorial, and it's something that my mom taught me all those years ago, and something that you can learn too. So if you have ever wanted to know how you can quickly refresh your couch, all you have to do is create a pillow cover. I have a tutorial waiting for you. I have the link up for you for how to sew your own pillow cover. It is as easy as you might think it could be. It is less difficult than you probably think it is. <laughs> and there is no zipper involved anywhere. If you can sew a straight line, you can do this. So you can find that tutorial in the show notes. And happy, happy sewing. And if you're interested and you would like to do a mini virtual pillow making workshop, drop me an email and I'll create something for you. All right. Thank you for listening today as I shared from my heart more of my decorating journey, as I shared with you and shared space with you on this day of days that is neither a celebration in a good way, but not in a bad way either. And so 
my call to action for you today, of course, go and learn how to sew a pillowcase. But if you are in relationship with your mom or your dad, go call them today. And until next time, I'll see you soon.